0: Hello and welcome to the SWPL Scottish Women's Football Show. I, um, I'm your host, Chris Marshall, and joining me, as always, is my good buddy, Mr Campbell Finlayson. How are you doing, Campbell?
1: I'm very well, Chris. Thank you.
0: Um, we we joined this conversation, we said there's not much to talk about, and then we talked for a couple of minutes and went, oh, actually, there's lots. So we'll be covering, obviously, all the weekend's action from the SWPL and the Scottish Cup. Um, we'll also be pre- previewing this weekend's action, which is another Scottish Cup weekend, We'll also be looking at the UEFA Women's Champions League draw for Hibs in Glasgow City. And of course, the Scotland squad was announced. Uh, the uh, game against Cyprus is now on Friday the 30th of August. So we'll be having a look at the squad and, and giving some comments on that. But Campbell, let's start at the top. Glasgow City won, Celtic 0. Uh, Shine's 50th goal for City. It puts them eight points clear with the game in hand. No side has ever been this far ahead at this stage of the season. Um, I know that we both will have watched the highlights by now. It will look like a pretty close game. But in the end of the day, Glasgow City get the job done against the nearest competitors again. Is that I think game over? Is it 13 in a row now? Pretty much confirmed.
1: Yeah, I mean that was the sort of title decider. Celtic had to win if any real chance. And also they run them close every time they've played this season. But City will be. City should run away with it now. And can't see past them being champions again.
0: Yeah, I mean it's, it's mathematically possible. Uh, there's no deba- no debating the the arithmetic behind it. But I think it's more the the notion that Glasgow City would have to drop points now, as well as Hibernian and Glas uh, and Celtic, mostly so Celtic obviously because they're, they're closer to the closer challengers. Um, they would both have to, um, they would both have to basically win everything, and they'll have to play each other, and they'll have to play Glasgow City again as well. So, I'd, I, 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 I'm sure if you ask Scott Booth, and I'm sure somebody will have done after the game on on Sunday, um, if it's over, they, he'll say no, but. If they if they don't do the job from here, it'll be it'll be but the biggest shock possibly in Scottish women's football history, Campbell.
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously as a manager, you got to be respectful to your opponents and say that, like as you say, matterly, it's still possible. But I think realistically, Scott will know the players will know that it's it's pretty much over. But I don't think that will stop them giving a hundred percent effort in every game, I and mean, they're going to want to go in and win the rest of the season. I try and go unbeaten throughout. So I mean, it would be interesting to see how they cope when they come up against Hibs again later in the season, but it's it probably is league over by this point.
0: Yeah, I mean, they've obviously had domestic dominance in the league. The Cups have been probably a bit of a sore point. Scott's only won, the, won in 2015 about the Scottish Women's Cup, so I'm sure that's something he'll be looking to rectify, but as Hibs have shown, eh, obviously by winning all the domestic trophies recently. And as you say, Celtic have ran them close. I think that was something that Eddie Vallecki-Black said after the game as well, that he feels like they are getting closer. I don't know about you, Campbell, but for me, despite the fact that they're being so dominant, and I think Glasgow City's squad is probably the strongest it's been for a long time, eh, and that's saying something in, in the context of women's football, I don't know about you, but I actually think actually the quality of the challenges is probably better than it has been in recent seasons. What's what's your thoughts on that? I, and for me that, that makes it almost all the more impressive what, the, what they're doing this season.
1: I think in terms of Celtic, yes, they've they've been getting slightly better, of course, over the last couple of seasons, but this year they've been a lot stronger. I mean, they beat Hibs, obviously, that 3-0 game at Cape Park a while back there, and they have looked a lot better when we've both seen, well, when I've seen them, certainly, and you were saying against Rangers as well, they've looked a lot stronger. Hibs, I actually feel like Possibly slightly weaker than last season, but they've still got that quality and they've kept up the majority of their players. But I like some of their big ones disappearing. I mean, we were discussing eh, during one of their Champions League games last week about up front. Since they lost to eh, Abby Harrison, the best they set, they've not really got that sort of focal point up front. Lauren Davidson and Leah Tudy try their best I and mean, they're, they're obviously good strikers still, but they're not quite the sort of as we said, like the focal point that Harrison was. And I think that's sort of impacted them in the league this season. Obviously, in the Cups, they're always going to be there or thereabouts. and the Champions League, they've done really well as well. But I think they're maybe possibly slightly weaker. But as I say, they, have a they definitely look a lot stronger. And I think if they can keep it up, get a couple of signings over the next couple of years, then you may well see the gap begin to close.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's fair to say, and obviously, Hibs were very much ransacked by the the, the teams down south um, over the last kind of 18 months or so. So I think there's, a, there's been a rebuilding building job that needs to happen there. But... Um, let's move on to their game, actually, Campbell, because uh, I was at uh, View for the game at southern University. Um, it was a 4-0 win for Hibbs. Um I have to say, first 20 minutes, it's was pretty even. Um, Stirling Uni were, seemed well organised, well drilled. Um, they they certainly competed, and to be fair, they had a penalty shout before before the first goal was scored. Um, it, it was a handball. I spoke to Craig Beveridge, the Stirling Uni coach, afterwards, and he, he said he thought it was a handball. He said he spoke to the referee, and the referee seemed to suggest that it might have been a handball but I couldn't be sure it was something that was deliberate and I think it basically led to another conversation about this this handball rule and how we all are, are learning to interpret it but Hibbs got the first goal just before half time and um, it was a lovely move actually Joel Murray brought it out from the back and, and, and skipped past a couple of players I, I was joking with uh, David who does the Hibs social media that he, he should have bigged that up more <laughs> uh, but then he got a ball, a ball down to Lauren Davidson square that for Jamie Lee Napier and it's funny you mentioned about Hibbs maybe having struggles with Pace Harrison, I think they're starting to come up with something with Jamie Lee Napier as that focal point. She scored again in the second half, along with Amy Gallagher, who had a a, a very busy game. Um, she also had a shot that was really badly ruled out offside. Uh, she should have had a double, and Kirsty Morrison ended up scoring for 4-0, but Jamie Napier is something that gets talked about a lot in, in Scottish women's football, Campbell. It's something that we, I was actually speaking about with a couple of people at the game on Sunday. and it's kind of her, You kind of don't want to over-focus on her, but since uh, the return from summer, she's scored six goals in all the games that she's, be, she's been playing in. And I, I have to say that for me, Campbell, and I'm interested to get your opinion, I think for me the, the thing with Jamie was that she was always kind of everywhere and not anywhere. And I think what's happened now is she moved forward into the central striker role, and I think this is going to be really good for her development.
1: Yeah, I mean, we both uh, were talking about it through Neirdrie at the Cup final earlier on in the season. We'll we're, we're try to work at Hibbs' formation where Jamie Lynapier, as you say, one minute will be left back and then the next minute she's playing right wing and then she'll be up front. She's all over the place. But especially in the Champions League games, I actually watched him recently. She seems to be right in the middle as the striker now, as you're saying. Um, she's not obviously got the height or the strength that Harrison did, but she's a lot quicker and she's, she never gives defenders a moment's peace. She always chasing the ball down and that's something, that you're saying, that has impacted positively on Hibs, but also on herself, obviously. She's, I think she was the Hibs top scorer this season. Plenty of goes in uh, Europe, in the league, in the cup as well. And it's it could be a role that may actually suit her if you can just nail her down to that one position, because she's probably Hibs' most dangerous player most weekends when you're watching her. So I think if she can get down the middle and Hibs can get the ball into her there, that's where she's going to be more dangerous, in there rather than down the wings. And it could actually work out as a very positive, a big positive sorry for Hibs.
0: Yeah, I mean, I have to say on Sunday, Hibs, um as I said, the first half was pretty competitive, but in the second half, Hibbs really turned it up a couple of years and were really impressive, to be honest be I think something that's facilitated that move kind of further pitch for Jamie has obviously been the signing of, of Amy Muir, and she looks like she's been playing for Hibbs for a long time already. So it'll be interesting to see how that progresses. Obviously, the league's out of reach now, but they, they're still in the Cup um, at the time of recording. They haven't played the third round game yet. They're due to play Stirling Uni again on Wednesday night we were recording on Tuesday night, so we won't we won't foretell what that score will be. But um, for Stull and Uni, a four nil defeat. But when uh, I was speaking to Craig after the game, he said he's hoping to have some more faces uh, into the squad. Obviously, the way that Uni side work is, it's boosted by the academic year, so they they get some um, new faces kind of September time, and I think a couple of them are quite interesting. He's quite excited about them from, from speaking to him about them. And for for Farmington lost again, a one 0 defeat to Spartans. Michaela MacLoney scoring the goal. I don't know about you, Campbell, but the of Farmington haven't lost by a big margin as of yet. And I wonder if this is something that they are looking at and thinking to themselves if they can avoid a heavy defeat and rely on this game against Stirling University, they might be able to survive on that basis. But what's what's your take? I, I would have thought they would have gone to, to Ainsley Park on Sunday and maybe tried to get a result.
1: Yeah, I was discussing this with a few people actually before the game on Sunday. And um a lot of the folk were kind of saying, oh, Spartans are going and win it comfortably enough, but as we both discussed as well, Spartans haven't exactly set the state of the league alight this season and Fordford would have looked at that as a chance to go in and get in something and they were not lucky, obviously, just to lose by the one goal. Um, I don't think they went and intentionally played, obviously, to sit back, but you could be onto something in the fact that they're not really losing many games heavily, like, other than Glasgow City. No one is really going and putting tons past them. I know Hibs did earlier on in the season, but You've seen Forfar as well in other games against Hibs where they really do challenge them. Even the likes of taking and Rangers have played well. So, I mean, it's, it's a strange one. Stirling's been beating a wee bit stronger. Forfar seem a bit stronger defensively as well. So, I mean, it will be interesting to see what happens coming into the season with the three of them. But I think both teams can strengthen and they can be stronger on the part with the players they've got as well at the minute. But Forfar are doing reasonably well. they are probably disappointed that they eventually did lose that game by that goal in L.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think the squad dynamics are going to be interesting in the next couple of weeks because uh, forfa lost uh, Robin Smith and Danny McGinley to Hearts uh, during, the, during the summer. And uh, as I've already said, Sterling will bring in reinforcements. And usually these reinforcements tend to have a positive effect on the squad. We saw that last season as well, for example. So it'll be, it'll be real interesting to see how that dynamic breaks down as, as the fixtures come up. But yeah, SWPL1, I, I think it's very much now in terms of uh, contest Glasgow City are, are probably as we say on route to title number 13 in a row and we're probably looking at four for Farmington and Stirling University and seeing that battle progress so moving into SWPL2 Campbell um there was two games at this Sunday uh Camara versus Partit Thistle first of all at Rugby Park um it was 1-1 Sophie McTaggart uh, It's scored for for Kelly and then there was a wonder free kick from uh, Lauren Christie uh They've been punting it all over their social media channels, and go watch it and you, you'll see why. But really, the kind of headline of this game was a head injury to um, Commandant keeper Tebbit. Thankfully, um, just before recording, actually, FC Camaron put up on their Twitter that she's doing fine and she'll miss a few weeks of action. But obviously, we, we wish her a speedy recovery. And actually, the, the game I was covering, uh, I covered two games on Sunday because I'm a maniac. <laughs> St John's were playing Hamilton. Up in Perth, and Leah Fleming actually also had to go off with what looked like a, a pretty bad knee injury. Um, she was had to get taken to hospital as well. And, and Campbell, obviously injuries happen in football a lot, but it, it always feels like a little bit more when you obviously know all the circumstances behind what's involved in participating in women's football. And these injuries, th- they have an impact outside of, the, obviously outside of the field of play. I mean,
1: I Again, what your point is, but at the same time, they've always got an impact outside the play. A lot of the players, though, in the women's game are still pretty young, so it can kind of have a bad impact on them mentally as well. I mean, obviously, it was over a half an hour delay from both teams, we saying, there on uh, Sunday at Rugby Park. It's never nice to see, obviously, but um, it, it seemed to be a pretty good game as well before it was called off. But, I mean, you have to you have to put the player safety first and I think when there's a head injury like that, it's always like, the priority, especially when it's so long and quite a serious one. So, you have to watch on the pitch and off the pitch, but obviously their health comes before football. So I think the right decision in the end to abandon the game.
0: But yeah, as you're right, safety is paramount, and it was also the right decision to do that. It's good to hear that that Ailey's going to be doing fine. Um, Leah Fleming actually had just come back from an injury for St. Johnson, so that was a bit a blow. She kind of went off early, but let's let's go up to that game in Perth because that one did that one did finish. Um, Hamilton. League leaders on goal difference had the chance to go three points clear with Hearts idle due to uh, Glasgow Girls Scottish Cup uh, second attempt. Uh, they actually went one 0 down after 25 seconds. Ellie May Cowie was put clean through for St Johnston and she she put the pass on Grant and goal, but Hamilton started to come into the game more and, and and really it was a matter of time by as the first half progressed and it was a, a Dion Brown double um, that did the, did the job. She'd had a couple of chances before that that were that were well saved by Rebecca Cameron. Uh, but yeah, Hamilton got the job done. But the second half was, I think, to put it politely, Campbell, the second half was not a, a good watch. <laughs> um, the weather definitely picked up in the last 20 minutes, but both managers said afterwards that they thought the second half was not the, the finest sex position of women's football they've ever seen. And I, I don't think they are too enamoured of either of the sides. Challenging conditions at McDonald Park, and they don't have any cover at McDonald Park Astro, so I left uh, Perth quite wet. But a big three points for Hamilton and I know there's always the chat of the six-team title race, but getting that three points ahead and having the points in the bag, that's that's a big thing for Gary Doctor on his side.
1: Yeah, I mean, it gives them um, something to hold on to, and it makes Hart seventy obviously come back into the game as sort of the chasing side, and that's always, it's always trouble. I mean, if you, you know, if you lose one game, then suddenly that gap could be six points, and it could really be big for Hamilton there, so it's, it's a fantastic win, especially coming uh, come from behind. To lose a goal that early possibly scoring too early for St Johnston because obviously Hamilton are the team that you expect to win that, St Johnston again making it difficult as I think they do with most sides but they're they're out of it whereas for Aki it's it's, it's a huge three points for them and you have to fancy them to stay ahead of Hearts at the minute because they just need to be slightly more consistent in grinding out some results away from home that Hearts haven't done
0: Yeah I mean that's what Gary Doctor said after the game he was like at the end of the day we've grinded it out we've got the three points and that's Fundamentally, what they came up to, to Perth to get, and Jason McKendall pretty much said what you've just said as well in terms of St Johnston that they're always so close and yet we haven't quite converted it. That was our fourth one-goal defeat of the season, which in a in a short season is is quite a successful chunk. And they haven't lost by more than two goals during that period either. So yeah, Hamilton three points clear now. Um, obviously played the game extra on Hearts, and that's because Hearts couldn't play Campbell because um, Glasgow Girls, who they were due to play this Sunday had a second attempt of their Scottish Cup tie away to Rangers at the Humboldt Training Centre, and it was second attempt number two for you, and this time you got a full game. Do you want to talk us through the rangers Glasgow girls' game in the Scottish Cup?
1: Yeah, we got a full game, and yet again, horrendous conditions. Uh, they've got a great setup up down there at Rangers, but the stand doesn't really protect you from the elements exactly. Only the back row was dry, which meant every seat there was taken, and it left a lot of folks standing up. Under sort of the Academy entrance trying to keep dry there. But on the pitch, I think I mean last week the the real heavy rain and the pitch been right slow. It sort of proved the level for Glasgow Girls. This week they just couldn't really cope with it. Rangers scored early on. Um it was pretty unlucky. I mean the ball had come in and it bounced back off Amy Gillen to the Rangers player whose name escapes me at the minute. Now it put the ball on the net and when you're ahead that early, it made a big difference for it. And Rangers they looked a lot better than they did last week. They played a slightly stronger team again. I think they had possibly underestimated Glasgow girls in the original game, but there was none of that this time and they looked really good. Chantelle Brown down the left had a fantastic game, especially in the first half. I mean, she came off at time, sorry, but she had a really good first half and was causing the Glasgow girls problem, defence problems all the time. It was six goals in the end. It could have been a lot more because Glasgow girls didn't really do too much wrong, but a lot of errors when it was bounced around and things like that and then the goal for number five, Tony Hartness dropped into the net, and there was a cracking goal from Brogan Hafe for number six, but Rangers, were they'll be happy with it. Gregory Vigneault was saying it full-time as well. They got what they wanted to do, playing some good football, and obviously won the game. it goes go through and play four for next Sunday.
0: Yeah, I'm glad you gave uh, Chantel Brown a wee shout out there, Campbell, because I'm I'm a big fan of Chantel. Anytime I've seen Rangers, when Rangers have done well, it's usually because she's been involved in it in some way, and um, I think that's a really really positive thing and it's, it's interesting to see you talk about the play so Hannah Robertson scored a double she's come into the side um, since, since the summer break uh, the younger sister of Sarah um, and they've they've obviously got that win under the belt they had a, t- a tough time against Celtic in the league down at Kay Park but it's a big result for them and as you say it, it sounds like they, they did the job that was needed to be done the other Scottish Cup game uh, of the day. Campbell was at Soughton Enclosure, Hutchison Vale against Inverness, Caledonian and Thistle. The uh, highlights of that are up in the Scottish Women's Football uh, YouTube uh, feed, so we'll go have a watch at them. Finished 5-0 to Inverness. Inverness and SWFL One North, so the division below Hutchie Vale, but Campbell, we know Hutchie Vale haven't had their troubles to seek this season and we've talked about them out in a wee bit and they've been well covered across of women's football social media in Scotland. Given the fact that we know the situation with both sides even though Inverness were a division below, would you have counted this as a shock on Sunday when you saw the score coming in?
1: No, I wouldn't really say so. Even watching the highlights, as we both discussed, again, that Hutchaville, again, as much as it's a lower league team, they never really looked like doing too much. Inverness could have had a lot more. I mean, they've done well, obviously, in the SWFL 1 North. I saw their highlights again against Cove Rangers last week, and again, there's another one where they looked like they could have got a heck of a lot more than the four goals um, that they did score, but they played some good stuff from from what the highlights saw. They were the better side pretty much early on. They might score. Obviously getting an early goal makes a big difference. The Hutchieville goalkeeper though had a fantastic game. She made plenty of saves. The scoreline line could have been a heck of a lot worse than five. But I wouldn't say it's too much of a shot there in Inverness. Well I dunno who they play in the next round of the cup, sorry, mine's all over the place tonight. But
0: no that confident they can give anyone a game. So right, Campbell, I've got your back. We're gonna go through the draw just now, so that's all good. But yeah, I think I'd probably agree with you. I think if you were to ask me the two games where I thought it might be a shop, it would have been Aberdeen Spartans and Inverness uh, against Hutchie Vale. And I think we've got that recorded. So if everybody's challenging us now that we're seeing this after the event, go back and listen. We, we definitely said it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, think, I think it's probably fair to say that Inverness, certainly from the highlights, uh, fully deserved that. And you are right to point out that Hutchie vale keeper made a number of saves to keep the score down. Let's move on to the draw Cam, let, let's start with Inverness because they have escaped your memory, and I've got them in front of me. They travel down to Lanarkshire to play Motherwell at Ravenscraig. Um, another opportunity for them, and it's, it's a step up. It's, it's a definite step up. Uh, they've also uh, the other draw, other ties are Forfar against Rangers at Station Park, uh, Glasgow City against Dundee City, uh, Queens Park against Dunfermline Athletic, uh, Hamilton play Clyde, Celtic against St Johnstone, and Aberdeen against Kilmarnock. Um, I've just read them out to you, Campbell. Any of them stick out for you? Something to maybe keep your eye on this weekend?
1: Motherwell-Inverness actually could be an interesting one. If Inverness can play the way they have done in the league and against Hutchie, i just say it's a step up. But Motherwell struggled against Patrick Thistle, another lower league team with them in the last round. So, Inverness will be confident in going and at least give Motherwell a game there. Um, Aberdeen-Komarnock as well, as you've mentioned. Kelly are, are having a, a decent season, but they can be got it. I mean, he, so he's always five, obviously we unlucky to lose 4-3 to them in the last round. So Aberdeen can replicate some of the way they played against Spartans and they'll be confident they can maybe going short commandic as well.
0: Yeah, I think a big thing for Aberdeen, and it was said by Lauren Campbell, the captain after they've defeated Spartans, is the the benefit of them getting the home draw. They, they obviously do by far the most travelling outside of Inverness. To get down to these kind of games and a home draw for them is against Kilmarnock is, it's probably something they'll, they'll they'll fancy. and They've obviously been going really well in SWFL1 North, so certainly one to look out for. As you say, I agree with the motherwell, uh, Inverness, Caledonian Thistle. For uh, far against Rangers, it, it's always a it's always a competitive game. I, I imagine Rangers would probably win that one, and probably actually Campbell the biggest potential biggest game of the the round. We can't really talk about it because we don't know what the result of the other game is. Because uh, Hearts potentially will be playing either Hibernian or Stirling University, and you imagine if Hibernian get through, which, if you have to take the most recent result into consideration, would seem like the likely outcome at the moment. Hearts versus Hibs is probably the game of the round.
1: Yeah, I mean Hibs have got obviously they're fighting in a lot of fronts this season. I mean having to play their game on Wednesday night when Hearts not playing their Hearts, have got they've had the rest on Hibs, if Hibs or Stanley Uni, yeah, get through. But if it is against Hibs, I mean, they played last year in the Cup and Hibs, just, and it was the League Cup, sorry, Hibs obviously sneaked through eh, one now. But Hearts will provide a good, tats, eh, a strong opposition there, sorry, at Orium. They need to be more consistent than they have been in some of their league games. But if they play the way they have done in other games, then you never know I me. Mean, there could be potential for a shock there as well.
0: Yeah, and let's let's give something unique As I said, they were very well organised for that opening spell against the Bernian you know, on Sunday, and if they get through it, it's still another cracking tie because it's an SWPL1 against SWPL2 uh, uh, contest as well. Uh, just one other fix to the... Well, obviously, Queen's Park or Dunfermline, um, two SWFL uh, sides who will guarantee the quarter final place, so that's obviously big news for both of them. I think, Campbell, we just need to say a little prayer for Dundee City, um, travelling down to Peter's I'll Park to three in Glasgow City i will be an experience for them. I'm sure there will be something that can take taken away. I'm, I'm I'm willing to be convinced of that. But uh, best luck to all the, Clydes, all the sides in the Scottish Cup. There's one SWPL game uh, this weekend as well, Campbell. Uh, Dundee United taking Glasgow girls. And it's a big one for both sides, you, you would think, as well. It's, obviously, we talked about how Hamilton were able to take advantage of Hearts not having a game. But realistically, if these two sides are going to try and keep, keep tabs on Hamilton, they're both going to want to win from this one.
1: Yeah, I mean, especially for the United that comes across in a, a must-win game. Glasgow girls, obviously, they could afford not to if they can go on and beat Hearts and uh, teams like that in the next couple of games, but it's one that you'll look at. Both teams will think they can win it. Glasgow girls won the previous meeting uh, 2-1 down at Peters Hill, way back at the start of the season. So it'll be an interesting game, but I just see it's it's one that both teams will want to win. I just hope they both go and play football that's attacking and trying to win the game rather than being a bit cautious and sort of filling each other up so that they're not losing the game as such
0: yeah and I get the impression um, speaking to a couple of people when I was up in Perth at, at the weekend that that would be the case uh, Dundee and I'd obviously have still got to be hot twice as well which works in their advantage when it comes to kind of chasing down points um, but yeah uh, it's a, a big game in SWPL too let's now switch gears again. And as I said, we started just thinking there wasn't that much to talk about, but it turns out there was Hunters. Uh, let's talk about the Women's Champions League draws, Campbell. So obviously, Hibs qualified of the qualifying group. We talked about that last week. Um, and they have drawn Slavia Prague. Uh, they finished runner-up in last season's Czech First Division and have reached the quarterfinals twice in recent years. Um, Glasgow City have also, ta- uh, also been drawn. They were seeded against, uh, they've been drawn against Chertanovo, um from Russia, who are based in Moscow. Uh, what's your take on the two sides draws? Let's let's start with Hibs and Slavia Prague. They could have got Atletico, they could have got Barcelona, they've got Slavia Prague. It's one of those kind of, oh, I don't know how, how to react to that kind of thing draw.
1: I think they'll be happy in that it's not one of the real big sides that could like give them a proper beating, but at the same time, maybe they'll have wanted a bigger side so they can go and test themselves, but that's no disrespect to Slavia Prague, as you've said, but in the quarterfinal, so they will be a tough, tough uh, opposition for Hibs. Hibs will just want to give them a game I mean, realistically you know, they're the unseated team they're not expected to go and win anything so they're playing with no pressure of that uh, second leg at home at Easter Road as well so if they can go at the home leg, first leg sorry so if Hibs can just get a big crowd in for that and hopefully give folks something to cheer about then it'll be good for them
0: yeah I'm working on the we're both working on the assumptions Easter Road when I was speaking to um, Amy Gallagher after the University game she said Easter Road as well and I think the common consensus is it will be Easter Road but it's not been officially announced as far as I'm aware at the moment Um, but yeah I I think I I asked her about that and whether she whether how she felt about getting not getting one of the big size and she was very much the same opinion Campbell that yeah it gives her a different kind of challenge it gives them something that maybe they they have a chance of getting through on so hopefully um, when that's confirmed they'll get a big crowd uh, out in Edinburgh Glasgow City is a little bit more different. Um, they are also seeded, they were seeded 11th in the draw because of the, their good run to the last 16 recently. Um, Chetanovo uh, from the Russian Premier Division, not a lot to, to know about them at, the, at this stage, but I suppose the big thing about this is, is a trip, Campbell, obviously heading over to Moscow for a, a women's side in Scotland. It's, it's a big journey and it'll be one that I'm sure will have its, its challenges before they even get on the pitch.
1: Yeah, I mean, they were hoping for as smooth a journey as possible there in Glasgow City. I mean, they should have enough to beat Chetanova, as we say. They're a bit of an unknown quantity, but you look at Glasgow City, you look at where they've been in this contest before their pedigree, you would expect them to win that. Um, Obviously, having the second leg at home will help them there, that if they go across and they've struggled with the time difference and things like that, and maybe don't pick up the result they'll be looking for, they could then come back and get something um, at home. It was quite similar, actually, to Barcelona last year. They went away to play Kazagort and Kazakhstan and lost the first leg 3-1. And then having to come back and win your home game, City could do something similar if they went out and beat. But it's, it is the journey out there, the jet lag, things like that, by the time you get there. So City will just hope to be as professional as they can do, get a positive result across there and bring something back to Piers for the second leg. Yeah, so
0: Glasgow City are at home in the second leg, Hibs at home in the first um, and Glasgow City have got their tickets on sale for the game so visit their website if you, if you want to purchase one but yeah, best luck to them I'm sure we'll cover it in more depth when the fixtures come around and maybe we'll have an opportunity to get to them we'll, we'll see what happens uh, time-wise The um, last thing then to talk about this week, Campbell is Scotland national team uh, they are playing Cyprus on the 30th of August as I said at the start of the podcast uh, Shelley Kerr announced her squad this week um, let's quickly go through it, uh, in goals we've got Lee Alexander, Jenna Fife, and Shannon Lynn, so the same three keepers from France, in defence Chloe Arthur, Jennifer Beattie, Rachel Corsi Nicola Doherty, Sophie Howard Hayley Lauder, Rachel McLaughlin comes back in, uh, Joel Murray and Kirsty Smith, midfield we've got Liz Yarnet, Leanne Crichton, Lucy Graham uh, Samantha Kerr, the only player in the squad without a, sc- uh, a cap for Scotland so far, the Glasgow City midfielder, we've got Kim Little Joe Love and Caroline Weir and then up front, Fiona Brown, Erin Cuthbert, Claire Emsley, Lisa Evans. And then a, a raft of kind of recalls for Abby Grant, Abby Harrison and Zoe Ness. And Jane Ross is in there as well. That squad will get cut down a little bit before the game. But is there any names that have stood out for you from that squad? Uh, obviously, fairly settled, but there is a, there's a, a few new names in there in terms of what people will have seen in France uh, over the summer.
1: Yeah, it's good to see some of these names back. I mean, Abby Harrison has been doing pretty well there down at Bristol City. I'll be Grant as well, coming back from our time at Anderlecht to join Birmingham, so we're going to see the two of them again, again um, back in the Scotland squad, I'd say the majority of these players are the ones from the World Cup, so you'd expect, like Claire Emsley, um, Caroline Weir, players like that, sort to be sort of, the main creative players for Scotland, and Kim Little as well, obviously, so it's, it's not it's what the squad would expect, but it's good to see as well, Sam Kerr coming in, another SWPL player, has had a good season since she came back from injury there just after the summer break, so it'll be good to see How's Scotland on against Cyprus um, a week and Friday?
0: Yeah, I mean Lucy Graham comes into that midfield as well. I suppose midfield Campbell is maybe one of the areas where, where you just have to look at the makeup of the squad. Maybe they don't have as many bodies as we usually usually have in uh, Leanne Crichton and Joanne Love. Obviously, they've still got a couple more years in them in terms of their playing career, but it's definitely something to look into. rejuvenate and with Lucy Graham, Sam Kerr, Lizzie Arnott, even Caroline Weir, 24, but she's got 66 six caps. It's, it's good to see a bit more youth. And Zoe Ness, who was uh, I think was probably the most unfortunate. Um, her and Emma Mitchell were probably the most unfortunate to miss it going into France. She's also just moved to Lewis um, down down the south coast, so it's good to see some fresh faces in there and it'll be interesting to see come game time how many of them make, make the step up. As I said, game uh, that's on Friday 30th of August and you can get tickets from the SFA right now um, if you want to go. I think that's it for this week, Campbell. Is there anything else you want to talk about in regards to women's football or are you a happy boy uh, at this point?
1: I'm just happy that I'm not sitting in the cold, wet rain at um, the Humboldt Training Centre, so all well? <laughs>
0: that's, that's, great facilities but it seems to be cold and wet that's that's the feedback uh, so far for the Hummel um great good to know well thank you very much for listening um Campbell do you want to plug your socials I always forget to do this at the end
1: um well, you be tagging me in it once you post it tomorrow Chris but uh, it's at Campbell6 underscore two as usual I'll be at some game this Sunday I don't know where yet but you'll find that out as well on my Twitter I'll mention it at some point wherever I'm going but that's that's it for me <laughs>
0: Yeah, and I'm not entirely sure where I'm going yet this weekend. I am going to Pennycook uh, for the Staline Uni Hibernian game tomorrow night of the night of the recording, but you'll listen to this Wednesday morning, so that'll be the same. I'm going to that game and I'll have another one at the weekend. But for now, thank you very much for listening, (laughs) and we'll speak again next week.